Today is the Feast of Pentecost, a day of paradox and challenge. For the last seven weeks, we have been celebrating a central event of our faith, that by the death and resurrection of Jesus, we no longer await the coming of a new world order. Now, we live in the invitation of the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, living within us to create that new order. The old world order, the way of our ancestors in which God is remote and humanity is left to its own devices, much to its own diminishment, has given way to the new understanding that God is not out there but in here. The kingdom of God is at hand. The old habits of guessing what might please God in order to gain some kind of protection against the evils of the world give way at Easter to the new practice of living with God in each other in ways that create justice and peace. But the arrival of the kingdom of heaven is not an historical fact. It's not an event at all. It is an invitation and a promise. The invitation of Easter beckons each of us into the common life of love. The life and death of Jesus has given us a blueprint for ongoing salvation, of equality and equity for everyone. The promise of Pentecost, though, that the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of the living God, the God who makes no distinctions, is poured out on all of us and will work through each of us, that is a once and future process. We are possessed by the Spirit as the disciples were possessed at that first Pentecost so that the Spirit of God is within us working from the inside of our souls. That interior presence of divinity, that possession of the soul by the Holy Spirit in every person is what makes the embodiment of the kingdom of heaven on earth possible. Responding to the world with the presence of the Spirit within us is the work of ongoing salvation. Every time I think about that, that it is up to us to embody the kingdom of heaven, I begin to feel overwhelmed. Where would I start? Far greater minds than mine have been at work on this question for centuries, and as far as I can see, the world hasn't gotten a lot better. I realize how easy it has been to allow myself to believe that other people, other people with more time to study these matters or more inclination to ponder the imponderables will show me the way. I'll do my part, but I won't have to initiate anything I don't already know about, right? Sometimes I think that maybe other really good people, those incredible living saints, will do the heavy lifting. They will know what to do and I'll just go along for the ride doing what they do. Then there are the days when I think I'll know what to do because I'll live my life in distinction to those crazy people out there doing weird things. I just won't do what they're doing and that'll be the way. And on my worst days I think, well that's why we have an organized religion, isn't it? To get theologians and philosophers and living saints together so that the rest of us will know what to do. But what happened on Pentecost tells me that my thinking has missed the point. I think in those ways because I have the idea that I am doing this, by which I mean responding to the promise of Easter and the invitation of Pentecost, alone. I think in those ways because I fail to trust the working of the Spirit within me. 
This failure of trust happens, I think, not because I don't believe the spirit is within me and within each of us, but because my courage sometimes fails me when the spirit speaks. Listening to the speaking spirit, who can be understood by everyone, as we heard today, is not a matter for the faint of heart. I'm sure you've had the experience that I've had of wanting to say something you thought was really right or really powerful, but finding yourself not saying it, and then wishing you had once the opportunity was gone. I remember one time talking to a friend of mine about a sermon I was trying desperately to write, but I just couldn't get the words on paper. And he finally said, well, listening to you, I have goosebumps. Write that sermon. I think that the Holy Spirit is speaking. The speaking of the Spirit raises goosebumps. The speaking of the Spirit is not the soothing lullaby of mothers or the hearty pep talk of fathers. It is that deep interior movement which makes us restless and gives us strange dreams. It's the mud wrestle of the soul with its muse. I asked a client of mine if I might share a dream of his in this sermon because I think the spirit has moved within him and made him feel as though he is wrestling with himself. He might not see it that way, but he agreed to let me talk about his dream. My client is a very bright and intellectually curious person whose own interior life has been the subject of his study for a long time now. He's moving into the middle of his life and he has been concerned, as all of us are in the middle of life, about just how powerful he is. Can he do anything about the real problems in life, or does he just have to accept them? If life is going to get him in the end, why is he trying so hard? These are his questions. He told me about a dream. He heard that there had been some horrible miscalculation and that all nuclear missiles would fire at the same time, ending the world. In the face of this impending doom, his childhood friend convinced him that they alone could avert this catastrophe if they were to get together and utter certain words in a certain order at a certain time. They would perform magic. He was desperate to do this, to save the world from certain death. But to do it, he had to leave his young daughter alone. And he was extremely loath to do that. After some heart-rending decision-making, he decided that it was worth it, promised her that he would see her soon, and kissed her goodbye. En route to his friends, though, he was consumed by doubt and feelings of love for his daughter, and he came to the realization, he told me, that he didn't think that magic would help, and if the world were ending, what mattered was being with his child. He told me that he was consumed with the feeling of love and realized how much more important and real that was to him than any promise of magical glory. He rushed back home and put his arms around his daughter, which woke him from his dream. The power of love to mitigate evil, to help us come together and endure what we must, is the promise of Easter. What turned my client around, leading him back from the seductive and misbegotten idea that he could be the omnipotent savior of the world, was, in my way of thinking, the speaking of the Spirit. The dream is the beautiful illustration of how incredibly tempted we are by our own needs for grandiosity and control. We are all vulnerable to the twin ideas that we could save ourselves alone and that we could save ourselves and others all by ourselves. My client thought for a moment he could save the world and he was sorely tempted to try it, but to do that 
He had to forsake that which he knew to be true and most powerful in his life, his relationship to his family. The dream was one answer to his question about why try if life is going to get you in the end. We can't single-handedly change what life brings, but when we respond to that which we know to be true within us, we can change the way we and the world respond to life. What happened on Pentecost is that it became clear to all those who experienced the presence of the Holy Spirit among them that the meaning of Easter, the meaning of the new world order of peace and justice, can only be found if everyone has a voice in it. When we respond to the speaking spirit within us, when we speak our truth and listen to the truth of others, we will create and embody the kingdom of heaven. And then we will prevail against what St. Paul calls the cosmic forces of darkness which have threatened to pull us apart. And that will be our salvation. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.